Hey, 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 yes, you are in the right place. This is a Yup podcast, but just a quick shout out to Norway. Hey, you are putting the Yup podcast on the map. Yes, Yup, I got you. It's trending in Norway. Hey, Norway, thank you. You other countries listening out there, hey, put me on the map. Hey, and then a quick shout out for my brother, Mike Baldwin, who has a new endeavor. That is icecreamgraphics.com, where you find totally original cool graphics. They are dead on for what you want. So go visit Mike Baldwin at icecreamgraphics.com. So I, and then the word scream, then graphics, then .com. You know how to find it. Yes, I screwed it up before, but this is a new and better day. Well, doggy, you some kind of redneck. What do you think? What do you think you're doing hosting a podcast? You think you're some one of those yuppie yup up uppity people? You, I think I think you better just uh, really come to grips with who you really are. Oh 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 the redneck redneck uh, totally humorous maybe maybe you didn't think that was funny if you didn't think it was funny you probably got to get a life because that was freaking funny i can't do many accents or whatever you call them but i think i do that one pretty good probably because there is redneck here right hey you yuppers hey this is tom baldwin host of the yup podcast and just uh welcome you and i so appreciate this community you're a great community i appreciate your listenership and uh just tuning me in from week to week and those of you that give me input so it is so appreciated and i love 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 this community because it is a community that is totally interested in improving getting better, being the highest performers out there, having great families, having great relationship with kids, having great relationship with friends. It is, is this an overstatement? It is the Great Life Podcast, right? It is the Great Life Podcast. We are living free and we are living great. So, hey, yes, you can always contact me at, and this is a super hard email, so get your pen and paper out because you're totally not going to remember this. Absolutely not. You can totally remember this is so easy. 406. That's the Montana area code. Yes, for the whole state. Can you believe it? 406. Big T. B-I-G-T. So fat host, right? Big T stands for Tom. At what everybody, half the world's email ends in at gmail.com. Big brother. So just remember Gmail Big Brother. And if you don't know what Big Brother is, well, just forget it. That's too long of a story. And so we won't go there. And that you can find my podcast at the website at yup.solutions, not .com, .solutions, where there's a store. And I also have a greater store. And it's a little harder to remember, TomBoBaldwin.com, where you can find some bling bling. And if you buy stuff, yes, it supports me. And the yup.solutions website has some donate buttons. And so you can hit the... I have pity on Tom. Well, I especially have pity on his family, so I'm going to donate because if his wife has to put up with him, she deserves some money, and he better give it to her because, yeah, he's quite the guy. And his kids, man, I better give extra because his kids need some money, too. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, anyway, so today is it's going to be a fun podcast, a little bit on the lighter side, and a little more backstory about myself and uh yeah what 
what played a role in who I am. Uh, side note, soon, my brother, he contacted me. He's like, hey, we should do a podcast together. And so that's coming up. You guys are going to absolutely love that because uh, we had a humorous, reckless childhood. And it's going to be it's going to be so, so much fun. And we could probably go on and on. So there may be multiple podcasts. So totally look forward to that. It's going to be a fantastic time. But Tom, what were the formative events? What What made me who I am? And really, who am I? Well, I'm someone, I I love to take risk and I'm not afraid of confrontation. I actually sort of enjoy confrontation as long as it's like reasonable, which often confrontation isn't. And I I can deal with that too, but that's not my favorite kind of confrontation. And what makes me like so interested in community and people and helping people? Well, that's an easy one to answer right off the bat is because for one, I was so freaking messed up and I needed so many people in my life to help me get unmessed up that it created such an intense value in my life. And it's like, eh, okay, I get that. It's, can't there be some other like more juicy answer? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Where is your mind? Oh yeah. Well, if you're a man, we tend to know where your mind is, right? And so... Yeah, if you're a woman, yeah, it's a little harder to say, but chances are you're thinking about your clothes or what you're going to wear or the next uh, shopping that you want to do for whatever it is that you love. Anyway, Tom, you're so sidetracked. So about me, well, when I think about what were some of the really formidable events in my life, and I think I shared this story before, but in my life, I've been faced with a couple bullies. And so I've had to learn how to fight or I've had to learn how to stand up to bullies. And you you heard about the first one. It was uh, Jesse Eberhardt. And Jesse, if you're out there, I'm sorry, but he was threatening my brother. And so I came running. I had never been in a fight up to this point. And the adrenaline was running and I was able to go into this and uh, win this fight and then eventually reconcile with Jesse, which is really humorous because... Yeah, I think there's only one fight that I was in that there wasn't a really great reconciliation. And so that fight happened in Lincoln, Nebraska, probably around circa, I don't know, it was the mid-70s, circa 77, circa, mm, yeah, 75 maybe. And let's just fast forward to uh, my dad and mom were divorced, which was really a pivotal time in my life. And uh, it was really hard and and just a crazy story in that uh, I don't necessarily want to share my parents dirt, but it's how it affected me because they had their own issues and, and they worked through them. But the season that led up to my parents being divorced and me and my brother, I think my brother was 11 and I was 12, 13-ish, they fought all the time. And it was just, it was an absolute, can I say, it was just like living in a nightmare, going to school. And so a young boy going to school, you wouldn't think he would look forward to that. Me and my brother absolutely looked forward to going to school. And we really despised the time when my mom and dad came home because the fighting just kept getting more and more intense and they would fight in German because my mom spoke German and so we're driving in the car and there was these ongoing fights and uh, it was just, it was really hard and was really funny because at that point in our lives, my parents were doing fairly well, but I think this also added to some of the stress that was going on in their lives. We lived in what I would call a starter castle, a really, really gorgeous large house, way, way bigger than what our family needed. And uh, it was just absolutely beautiful. Lots of custom work in it. 
And so life was really good, and we had good friends in the neighborhood. My parents drove fairly nice cars, and so you would say, as an American family, we had arrived. But it was probably, at least for myself, and I don't know for my brother, but it, it was probably one of the worst times up to that date in our lives because it was just so miserable. And honestly, when my parents said they were going to separate and get a divorce, there was a relief because the fighting would stop. And so as a young kid, just knowing that it was ending, there was relief. Now, there was never any of that stuff that you see on TV where I felt responsible for my parents' divorce. I never did because I was an absolutely perfect kid and I never did anything wrong. Oh boy. Well, truth be told, and even if you ask my mom to this day, I was a highly compliant child. And so I was always agreeable. I was always the kid that wanted to help my mom and I wanted to help her do things. And so, yeah, I was a highly compliant child. So the appearance, and for the most part, I have to say this was true, was a pretty good kid. Now, me and my brother, yes, we did get in a fair bit of trouble and we were pretty sneaky and I was an awful liar. Like I could not If my parents looked at me and say, hey, tell me what happened, I could not lie. I had to tell the truth. And if I did lie, my parents would know. So quickly, my brother was like, oh, let me do the talking. And you just nod your head and agree. And so that quickly became a way of us dealing with things. Although my dad was pretty sharp and uh, (laughs) he would often be like, I don't know. I just I think there's not something right here. And so just for precautions, he would discipline both of us and uh And that happened all the time. If one of us did something, he's like, I know the other one of you had something to, uh, some role that you played in it. So we'd both get disciplined. So as you might gather, my brother and I, we we were pretty close most of the time growing up. We did have our own friends, but we were pretty close. And I, I think that's where really my love and friendship started is with my brother because he was truly my first and uh, probably my best friend that we just grew up and oftentimes covering for each other, but sometimes throwing the other one under the bus so we wouldn't get in trouble, which rarely worked with my dad. But anyway, so the next bully story (laughs) is when uh, my dad, short story here, my parents, they separated and we lived in Lincoln, Nebraska for a while with my parents separated. And my brother and I kind of going back and forth. And it was totally weird because I think after uh, my parents separated, I think my dad went through a season of depression. So it was kind of dark and and dad kind of checked out a little bit and he had always had this desire to move to Montana. And so my parents, we finished up the school year and uh, we finished up part of the summer. And then my dad's like, hey, we're moving to Montana. And just like, what? (laughs) Dad's like, yep, we're moving to Montana. And so dad rented a big old rider truck, yellow rider rental truck. We loaded up all our possessions in the truck and then we towed this 1967 Volkswagen Bug behind us. And so I should backtrack because I think this is important information in that it came to light and I only realized this when I was quite a bit older, but it makes sense now because when we went to Montana, we went with next to nothing that part of the issues around my parents is that, that they filed bankruptcy because I think they just way overextended themselves. And so I, I, there were other issues in play, but in honoring of my parents, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to bring those issues up because I, I do want to honor them because uh, to date, well, my dad passed away, but my mom's still alive and I have a great relationship with her and I just want to honor her by not going there. But we went to Montana basically with nothing and we took this 1967 Volkswagen Bug And my dad had called ahead to a realtor. And so I think there were a couple properties we were going to look at. 
but we ended up in Billings, Montana. But when we got to Billings, Montana, we needed to stay in a hotel because we couldn't get into a place right away. And, uh, oh my gosh, did we stay at some dives? You know, the ones were in the hotel room. And I think the hotel room was like $20 a night, $15 a night. You know, we're going back here early 80s. But in this hotel room, because my dad just needed to sleep. He had drove all this way and uh, it was a really long trip. And so he just needed to sleep. So we got this super cheesy hotel room, you know, that I think probably had an hourly rate rental because in the bathroom was a condom machine and the bed had a little coin operator to vibrate and the middle of the bed was really dipped. And so... We stayed at a hotel like that for a couple nights, so we ended up finding a place, and we moved into this pretty low-income housing in a neighborhood next to a junior high school called Will James. And this season in my life was probably one of the darkest seasons in my life. Uh, going to Will James High School, it is still a tough and rough and tumble junior high school for Billings, Montana. And I actually have nieces and nephews that are going there, and I asked them, is this still a really tough and school and it absolutely is so I went there and there were a number of kids there and and one of them was this short little kid and we had seen him I was with some friends and we had seen him at the mall and I don't know why but we were at the mall and he whips out some nunchucks in the parking lot and for some reason me and my friend just got really scared because we thought wow this guy's like some Bruce Lee and he's just gonna beat us to death with these nunchucks and we ran around, We ran away scared. And at school, this kid has been like a bully and intimidator. And on the way home, I got to thinking to myself, that kid's just a punk. I don't think he knows how to do those nunchucks. And so the next day in junior high school, I saw him in the hall and he was being all rough and tumble. And I've always been a big kid and a big man. And so I grabbed him, grabbed his neck, lifted him up and put him against the wall. And I said, you don't ever threaten me and my friend again never had another trouble with him. There's something, I don't know, there's something in me that about injustice or about bullies, and I I think it was in this formative season, but I'm just, I have a hard time moving away from, and I'm somewhat attracted to them. And so just playing this out a little bit with this podcast and with you, I want to see you live, live the best life. And I feel like life and circumstances sometimes are a bully against us. And sometimes the mainstream narrative, it doesn't tell the truth, but it's loud and it's obnoxious. And I have this desire because these podcasts are not financially advantageous to me, but I have a desire to go up against that, to fight against that and to fight. And and these these bullies, like the first one was fighting for my brother. This one was fighting for myself and my friends and the other kids around school, which this kid was intimidating, is to fight for them. And I, I do. I have this desire and I really, I have a hard time walking away from perceived injustices or perceived bullying. And so the next bully was at the same school. And this was this was a big kid. This was a kid that was my size or probably bigger. And uh, it was really silly how this started is that somebody told this bully and I never said anything that I had said something bad about him. And I don't even know what it is. Probably he was kind of pasty white. So probably made up some comment about his pasty white because it never looked like he got outside. And so, yeah, he threatened me in the lunchroom. And so we made an agreement to meet after school. And uh, I have to say this one, I was a, a tad bit worried about. But he said, hey, take the first punch. And I did. I gave it my best 
shot and uh, hit him in the gut and he doubled over and then I did an uppercut hit him in the chin and uh, that was it and uh, same thing he stopped bullying people at school and I did not become that bully I don't have a desire to be a bully oftentimes I desire to just fall back into the woodwork especially after I have a really high intense high energy engagement my desire is not necessarily to move into the limelight it's to kind of fall back into the woodwork and there was a number of fights as I got older that you know played into the same role and I've been really fortunate because I haven't lost a fight and as I've got older I've become more of a peacemaker because I just like to keep that record clean and plus it's way easier on the face way easier on the knuckles to be a peacemaker than it is to fight but let's just fast forward to uh what happened recently here at our house in uh, 2015 we had a fire that started into our garage and it began to affect the whole of our house and we were sitting at the dinner table and we were eating and we hear like this loud kind of like small explosion it was either you know like a loud bang like some fell off a shelf or an explosion turned out to be an explosion i walk out to our garage and our garage door is open but i open the man door from our house to look out into the garage and i can't even see out there's so much smoke that's outside and so my wife gets all the kids out of the house and they cross the street and me and my a couple of my boys we run around to the garage and we grab our fire extinguishers and we begin fighting this fire. And we're in this smoke-filled garage fighting this fire. And what you have to know is this. We, we still don't know today what started the fire, but the fire is raging in the garage. It is melting the foam on the top of the garage door, which is dripping onto our heads. And the fire is raging right next to like three gasoline cans, one with diesel, two with other gasoline that I stored on these shelves in our garage so we have the garden hose and we are spraying the gasoline cans trying to keep the fire out while my sons are looking for other hoses and other fire extinguishers as we continue to expand these fire extinguishers and and we're sort of getting control on this fire and we live in the best community here in belgrade montana in the landmark subdivision our neighbors come running down the street with fire extinguishers and each one like jumping in quick to take a turn to put out this fire. And uh, finally, one of our neighbors comes out over and he has the last two fire extinguishers and he puts out the fire and the fire department comes. And uh, yeah, I had some issues with the fire department. If you're a fireman, I appreciate the work you do, but don't be a butthole, okay? home be a butthole they told me that i couldn't go into my own property and they also told me that i should have waited for them to come because i could have got hurt i no way would let my house burn down and so we've had two house fires this was the latest one i run in to fires i don't run away from fires previously we had a mobile home and we were in the kitchen and i was trying to clean behind our oven and this is just what tell you about mobile homes They had hard piped the gas, and so I was trying to get the oven out, thinking it had a flex pipe on it, which I should have known. Pulled it out, and it was a hard pipe, a cheap hard pipe, and it broke. And then ignited, so it's just spewing gas out, catching our cabinets on fire, and get all my family out. And I'm running back to my toolbox, and my wife is like, get out of the house. And she is just really upset. There's no way. I'm going to save my house. This is my family's house. I'm going to save this house and ran outside and I got a crescent wrench and I shot the gas off at the gas line. Well, very recently we had another house in our neighborhood catch on fire. And this one, 
caught on fire and it was it was going good it was up in the attic by the time i got over there and uh you know this house it was it was going to be hard to save at least the garage and so what did i do i asked the owner i'm like what do you need inside that you can't live without and so we are running into this burning house again my wife's yelling at me get out of that house running into that house till at the very last minute where it's not safe to go back in the house because it's it's starting to be consumed. I just have this tendency when there are people and when there are things at risk to run into the mix. And I don't necessarily think about it. You know, it's not one of those things, you know, till it happens and danger happens, but I tend to run towards it, especially if it involves people and very especially if it involves my family because that is what it's about. Community, family, and friends. And so I'm willing to run into danger. And I'm, I have to say, I'm almost glad to run into danger because I care about people. I care about what's important to people. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know that my wife really appreciates that I do that, that I, that I run into these dangerous situations. But these are some formative things that happened as I was growing up and that I don't necessarily fear confrontation and I don't necessarily fear risk. One of the things that my brother and I, <laughs> okay, the, the, these are, these are just like, uh, yeah, stories that you should not do this kind of stuff. But my, my, my brother and I, we would sit in our house and we'd, we'd be looking around and we're like, ah, oh, what should we do? What should we do? And we're like, hey, let's let's see how many stairs we can go up and jump down before we get hurt. And we had this great plan because we had beanbags at, at the bottom of the stairs. And so that was kind of our test thing. And so we would uh, jump down the stairs and then we were getting high enough up. I think we we're getting to like the 10, 12 thing. And we had, you know, the stairs kind of has this like a wall that comes down that, you know, it's usually high enough that people can clear under. But if you're getting high enough, where you're jumping down, you have to kind of miss that wall. And so we were getting close to that, worried about hitting our heads. And so we had this grand idea. It's like, well, let's, let's get our dog Sissy and let's start tossing her down. And if she makes it, then we're okay. So we get, I think we get up 14 or 16 stairs and, uh, you know, we're, we're both getting a little nervous and, and we toss Sissy down and she, uh, she hits that wall. I know it's so, it's so bad. She hits that wall and uh, mom comes home later that night. Boys, how come the dog's limping? Mom, mom, we, we, we have we have no idea. But last story here, talking about the redneck here. And uh, hey, tell me if you enjoy this or if it's just absolutely boring. And if it's absolutely boring to you, then hey, we'll ixnay this and uh, we'll do something else. But when I when I was really young, like tricycle age, and, and my dad was finishing the basement in our house and so had like wooden wooden stairs they weren't carpeted like they eventually became and my tricycle was downstairs because I think dad was downstairs oh no how was it my tricycle was up in the garage and I wanted nope sorry you guys are like do you really have this story straight or are you just making it up as you go along well I wish we could ask my dad but he has passed because he probably remembers this because the outcome is is pretty vivid um, my tricycle was downstairs and I wanted it upstairs and I was yelling at dad from the top stairs, dad, dad, bring my tricycle up. And he's like, just a minute, like a lot of dads do because they're busy doing stuff. So I went downstairs and I'm tugging on dad, dad, bring my tricycle up and he wouldn't do it. So I grabbed my tricycle and I start walking up the stairs. And, you know, this was a basement, I think with like, 
it probably had eight or nine foot ceilings, so really tall ceilings in this basement. And I began carrying my tricycle up because I'm I'm determined. I'm determined to carry my tricycle up. And so I get to the very top of the stairs and what happens? I lose my footing. I fall backwards with my tricycle and I end up in a double cast with a broken arm. And so, yes, Tom has some determination. And uh, what was funny when I got into those double casts, I think they had to be replastered a couple times because, hey, nothing slows this redneck down, not even COVID. So, Hey, I hope you enjoyed the story and know that my heart is so for you and my desire is uh, to bring you value and good things to help you in your walk and live the best life possible. So, hey, I got you. I do. Go out there and make a difference because I got you. I do. I do. I do. I got you. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.